This episode of the All Things Go podcast is presented by Atlas Hair. Are you ugly? Yeah, we thought so. Lucky for you, we've got something for that. Atlas is an elite line of hairstyling products with cologne fragrances to help quaff that mop into something straight out of Hollywood and smell like you're the guy she's going home with tonight. Half of our products also contain a hair thickening ingredient to help those of us who are getting a little thin up top to make the most of what we got. Get started today at atlashair.com and use the promo code NASCAR for 20% off your entire order. We can't fix your face, but we can at least give you a fighting chance. Atlashair.com. That's A T L A S H A I R.com. Welcome in to the All Things Go podcast, episode 44. I'm your host, Derek Yoder, joined as always by my co-host, Brian Murphy, at Brian underscore Murphy underscore on Twitter. And Brian, Merry Christmas to you and Emily. How's everything since we talked last week when we had Justin on? Good, typical. Like I said, just, uh, yep. man, I am really, really ready for Christmas, and we are only days away. Uh, I just, I cannot believe how fast these last 20, 25 days have flown by. And, um, you know, just excited to see family and friends celebrate and uh, start ringing in the new year. New year. What uh, what's something that you're hoping for under that uh, Christmas tree this year? <laughs> uh, you don't need honestly... a smoker. You don't need a grill. You get all these <laughs> things and then you send me pictures and you tweet about them. And everybody in the industry talks about, oh, Murphy's making these these meats here, this brisket here. So what's uh, what's something that you're looking for, hoping for? So there's actually something I've been looking for mm. or hoping for for about 10 years now, and I have proof. Um, oh. I asked uh, I asked my wife for a backpack leaf blower, and she kind of laughed. Yes. But, I mean, yes. the, the older I get, the more important, more, you know, I, I could utilize this thing even more, um, which is funny because we went to Lowe's. She ordered it. Um, it got delivered. And a couple days ago, it popped up on my Facebook uh, memories from uh, 20 from December 19th, uh, 2013. Uh, it yep. said that I was looking for a leaf blower and or a backpack leaf blower, in, you know, specifically, and uh, that I wanted one. And, uh, you know, it took 10 years, but, uh, you know, my wife came through and it's underneath the tree. I got to wait a couple more days, but I do have the thing I've been looking for. So I'm really excited like about it. that. What about you? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, new laptop. I've had my laptop since uh, 2014, so I'm hoping for a laptop. Uh, yeah, I know you gave me the look. It's old. I got the hand-me-down uh, from my wife. So this was my wife's MacBook, and then I got the hand-me-down. She got a new one because yeah. of her business. So well, that's that's um, how that's how they last so long. PCs don't last. These Mac Mac computers. No, I will never Max buy anything but a Mac ever again. No, Max. Uh, Max lasts. So I'm hoping for that, but unfortunately. We had both of our cars break down on the same day, needing, we got stranded, all that stuff. So it was bad. So uh, I'm having a lot of vehicle bills uh, at the moment. So um, I'm taking care of other people's Christmases, I feel like, um, and uh, not so much mine, but the the girls, they're going to get what they want, a couple dolls, a couple things. So that will be good. So you and I are in the, obviously the, uh, the stretch here. I think I heard today. Uh, on December 21st, that is, it is the exact halfway point 
from the offseason being over. So obviously the Phoenix race happened uh, back in November 5th. And, uh, you know, we're going to have cars on track halfway from then till now. So we're almost there. We're, we're crossing over into the good part. Um, but there were a couple things that happened this weekend uh, in the motorsports world. Wanted to see what you, what would you like to touch on first exactly before we start rattling off some of these things. Anything specific? Jump at your eye first. No, whatever you got on that list, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm excited for today's uh, today's episode. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, indeed. So let's let's actually do this. Let's start with um, let's get some of the news and notes out of the way from your at world, right? So Murphy Esports uh, had the championship race. We talked about this on our episode uh, when we were with Justin, and then you and I did our one on one. And uh, Murphy Esports, you had the championship race, the ASRA championship race from Charlotte. Uh, it was a great event. I loved watching it, had it on the TV, had a little watch party and uh, was glued to the whole way. And uh, unfortunately for you guys, it didn't work out at the end. It was so close. Good co competition. Um, but just wanted to give you the floor of opportunity to talk about that because that's where we kind of left off last episode. Yeah, um, you know, it was, it was a tough race. And uh, honestly, the interesting part about, you know, the ASRA series is, they do make it where strategy is very important. And, you know, mm -hmm. from the drop of the green flag, a lot of our competitors had dropped to the back to save a set of tires for later on the race. And and we kind of decided just to, to go for it in the beginning and, and see how things played out. And, uh, you know, Devin called a great race himself. I, I, I stayed off the channel. I let him and Jamie kind of run the show. And, uh, you know, he came up with a great strategy at the end that uh, put him, in fifth with with the newest tires so um going you know it was crazy it's just like phoenix in real life or just like the championship race in the cup series where you know coming down with uh 10 15 to go it was one two three four of you know the championship contenders running yep. for a win so um incredible racing all year long by those guys it's again it's it's amazing how respectful they are uh you know and and they really do just put on an amazing show it's it's incredible mm -hmm. but um, with about 10 to go, um, Devin and Frankie Barroso just, you know, kind of got into it a little bit. Uh, Frankie came down and, and hit Devin, spun him out. It was, you know, just unfortunate, right? But mm -hmm. you come down to, you know, it's, it's just like the Cup Series nowadays. You come down to the end of these races and, uh, you know, everything is on the line. It's, it's you know, win or, yeah. win or go home. So, uh, but again, we had fantastic speed again. And, you know, that's just one thing I'm so proud of Devin about is, is how far he's came over this year and uh, how much speed we have. You know, I, I'm really excited to start season six where, you know, Devin isn't trying to learn the series, learn the car, you know, right. you know get his feet wet, get, you know, get everything, you know, get his composure. Uh, we are ready to start season six with our Ion championship. Which is going to be great, which yeah. I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm excited about it as well. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. And, you know, definitely with Graham coming on and everything that you're doing in uh, ownership role and helping out and just getting the team uh, more assembled. I believe you said that season six starts in January. Is that right? Uh, February 6th. So the first couple there races, is. they actually are going to copy uh, the real life cup series. Uh, we'll roll off uh, the clash. The interesting thing about uh, the ASRA series clash race is it will set the field for Daytona. So kind of okay. a little bit of a qualifier. Uh, and um, yeah, and then we head to Daytona for, you know, Dayton Daytona 250. 
And, you know, today we also announced uh, we've brought in a full-time sponsor that will sponsor cool. 20 races as a primary, um, 17 on Devin's number 26 and three on Jamie Graham's uh, 62. So that's, uh, you know, NFT Las Vegas. It's a uh, convention out in Las Vegas um, mm-hmm. for the uh, Web3 space. They have, you know, just a ton of great things to offer. It's an incredible um, gathering of people from all over the world. If you're into crypto, if you're into the Web3 mm-hmm. space, you want to learn more. Um, you know, some of the topics are artificial intelligence, NFTs, uh, staking, blockchain, security, um, all these things and how they're going to impact, you know, art, business, government, education, entertainment. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just another fantastic sponsor that's jumped on with us. And, uh, you know, we're really excited to showcase all the things they have to offer. And again, they are just very passionate about this, uh, you know, the iRacing. So really excited to have them jump on board in, in such a big way heading into season six. Yeah, it would be fun to watch. Uh, it was a lot of fun this year. Uh, a lot of development. Congratulations to all. Uh, just you guys and the successful season that you had and just as you guys are growing. So a lot of fun to be a part of and watch. Uh, next thing I wanted to touch on was Pete Stone. And if anybody's following on Twitter, I feel like throughout the course of a week, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I always see somebody quote tweeting Pete Stone at some point or another and having a, a small conversation back and forth. But Pete tweeted uh, something this week, and I'm going to read what he said and then a couple comments, and I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, but Pete said this. He said he understands that many Cup and even Xfinity teams are having a tough time filling positions internally with burnout factors becoming more of a, a tangible challenge over the length of the season. One principal believes that it is reached levels where drivers not wanting to commit to a full season. I'll get your thoughts on that first. What do you think about that first? Because you obviously you've been in the series, you've been in the industry, you're working crazy hours. I and mean, I've, I've gotten texts from you where, you know, you're getting to the shop at 6 AM, 545 and, um, you know, kind of what'd you think about what Pete said? And I'll read some of the industry uh, folks, what they said as well. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, always, uh, it, it feel like it's a topic every off season and, you know, for the first time, I feel like instead of, you know, the topic getting brushed away or, um, I'm going to say trashed for lack of a better word. Yeah. It, it actually feels like a great conversation has come about this tweet and this topic. You know, yeah. first and foremost, I think it's easy to say that there isn't just one thing that is causing the difficulties that we're seeing in in motorsports worldwide when it comes to burnout, when it comes to um, you know finding people to to take care of the workload, drivers, you know, the amount of races and, and things that they're required to do. So there's a lot of things coming together at once. I think <clears throat> first and foremost, it's you know I, I think the work. The, the relationship between home life and work life is is evolving just in every industry. And I think mm-hmm. people are becoming more aware that, you know, there's more to life than just working. And so I, I think that's a major player. I think, I think the, you know, the COVID shutdown, I think the pandemic had kind of really, you know, escalated the situation and, and, you know, really fast forward, through maybe a couple of years, you know, that what, what maybe we would have got here later than what we have. So I think that's part of it. I think, I mean, there's no denying <clears throat> when it comes to the NASCAR cup series that it's been a transition of stacks of resumes and lines at the door to people having to recruit and look for workers. 
And that's something mm-hmm. we've seen happen over the past decade and a half. When I first moved down to North Carolina in 2005, I went to a cup shop and, and handed my resume. And I was told, mm-hmm. no, you're not, you're not just going to walk in here. This is a professional sport. These people have spent years dedicating their lives mm-hmm. into perfecting the craft, so on and so forth. So I was told to, to go work in the short tracks, go perfect my craft. And, um, you know, I spent 10 years doing that. And when, when I showed up to a cup team yeah. for the first time, I had then started seeing some other people that had, you know, just walked into this cup team and they kind of skipped over the process that I did. It was pretty mm-hmm. aggravating at first because I'm sure, you know, I just spent almost 10 years. I mean, to get to the cup series, short tracks, um, wow. the truck series. And now here we are and there's no lines at the door, but you know, real quick, I, I think the lessons I learned over those years with those people traveling around had, had made me a better racer, had made me a better person, you know, me personally. So, um, you know, I wouldn't trade them for anything, but again, it's, it's just over the last 10 years, it's been a shift in, you mm-hmm. know, the landscape of, of the workforce in the cup series. You know, I think one thing is we're, we saw a generational change of cars in mindset, uh, going yeah. from the gen four to the COT or gen five. Right. And I think yep. a lot of the people that were in the cup series, for the gen four are going or went through <clears throat> a slim, similar thing that we're seeing right now. Now it was far less small, like it was far smaller, right? The change, mm-hmm. the shifting culture, all these things was nowhere near what we saw today, but there were a lot of people that were, you know, had left, were unhappy uh, going from gen four to gen five. And it took kids, me, people mm-hmm. my age to come in because we didn't know what we were missing or we didn't know what, uh, you know, we didn't know the past. And I think yeah. that's what we're going to see now in the cup series is, you know, we've seen a lot of people leave the sport because of this change and yeah. it doesn't make it bad or good. It's just, it's just another generational change where, you know, a lot of people's talents aren't necessarily required anymore. Um, it's, it's far less in- interesting of a car to work on. Um, it's just a massive shift in, in culture. And it's probably going to take three, four, five years, a half a decade to now get in people, new workers, mm-hmm. younger faces that don't know the difference. Right. And, you know, for those that want to stay in the sport, me including, you just kind of have to accept and evolve. And I think that's a very important thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's that. Like I said, the, the car is different. And we saw yesterday a lot of engineers, a lot of crew members talk about how this car has shifted the fun factor for again, a lack of a better word, but it, it truly has changed, um, you know, the creativity, the, the amount of options that you have to play with these cars. So there's also that man. Um, and then again, it's just at the end of the day, motorsports is such a tough, tough thing to, to be a part of. It is a lifestyle. It does require right. so much from you, so much from your families, tons of sacrifice, things you're going to miss. Um, and I know people, I have had conversations with people that have unfortunately said that they allowed motorsports to, in a way, take their life away. Mm-hmm. And they've missed a mm-hmm. lot of important moments. They've missed a lot of life opportunities. And um, you you have to make sure that you 
yourself make sure that you you know have a healthy life and work balance in the sport because it will take it will take and it will take and there's an opportunity for it to give nothing back and i'm saying right. outside of a good paycheck right there that that's nice and that's great i love it. it's great you know you can make good money doing this it is an interesting job but um but i've seen a lot of guys with tears in their eyes and, and it, it can mm-hmm. take a lot from you so it's it's tough man um yeah you can read some of those quotes and and uh you know we talk a little bit more yeah yeah so before i get to those there was a question that i have with that so i i understand the cars the generations of cars are different you know forgive me how this sounds but just trying to figure out how to ask it is you know put yourself back in that 2015 brian murphy you know age um experience but also inexperience at the same time and put that person in today's uh nascar uh almost like you're starting new uh in 2024 where, like a a person in that caliber is it easier to work in the field in nascar in the industry uh, we'll say the shop now with this generation of car or is it was it is it a little easier back then like even in 2015 you don't have as many cars in your fleet right so NASCAR has taken uh, a lot of those skill sets away, which is why we're seeing a lot of people that have been in the sport for a long time exit the sport because their skill sets are no longer where the sport was going. Um, And everything is very policed and almost identical from one garage to the next. There's obviously differences and people finding speed. But just talk about that for a second. Is it easier now getting into the sport today or easier back in like 2015 when fleets were completely different well i think first and foremost regardless if if i was um how old was i 26 uh let's say 2015 okay so that's good yeah uh, so yeah that's yeah. good age let's say i'm 26 brian where i walked into to stewart haas in 2015 Correct. and or now i think the biggest yep. thing that took me by surprise is first and foremost the tolerances and attention to detail that cup teams put in okay is yep the exact same it is as that's good stressful and um just intense it's it's incredibly intense and that will always just that's the same it's you know whether it be whatever car whatever we do to these cars whatever generation of cars we have whatever the platform is the mindset in this series at least compared to you know the lower stock car series or you know trucks or expanding that you know i've been a part of it's it's tenfold in the cup series so you know when people say well uh you know the the artwork's gone um you know things like that it is an art form to be able Mm -hmm. to see and work on cars at ten thousandths of an inch okay like this it is it is very difficult to be able to utilize these tools and we are we are building these cars to the point where we are stressing the modern day tools. We are stressing <laughs> the best things that can scan, yeah. the best tools that can measure. We are asking these these crew members, these team members, you know, to build cars to five thousandths of an inch, which is is barely in the window of of air of the tooling that we're using. So it's it's just incredible how I think motorsports is pushing technology in a way that isn't mm-hmm. seen. Right? It's it's not so much um you know the cars maybe aren't the most advanced motors it might not be the most advanced um over bodies but the tooling we use is the most advanced in the world 
and we are pushing the the limits of that so there is that um you know i think outside of that there was so much uh learning and um moments of my early career where i didn't think i could do it because the metal shaping that was involved in the cup series was still Mm -hmm. even after the gen 4 still so um well, intense again i mean it, it, mm-hmm. the, the things that you had to do wasn't necessarily creating body panels but how do you take stamped body panels and shift character lines and and you yeah. know move metal so that first of all nascar can't tell it doesn't look mm-hmm. gaudy and and apparent even though we got to that point which was was fun mm-hmm. but um you know that the skill set that it took to build the previous generations of cars um you know, was much higher than, than today. Um, you know, you're not building body panels, you're bolting them together. Uh, but again, the, the tolerances are what are going to separate the, um, you know, the good crew crewmen from bad ones. And, yep. and, and when the box is so small, that's, that's how you win these races is, is paying attention to thousands of an inch. Yeah, no, I think that that was well said, well described. Uh, let, let me read off uh, two of these quotes here. Uh, Aiden McHugh, he said uh, at, at Aiden McHugh on Twitter, uh, he said he loves his job. He's happily signed a two year extension on his contract. But in general, going racing is a bad financial decision. As an engineer, it took him six seasons and three promotions to earn what he could have had straight out of school in the industry. Matt Tift. He uh, he went on to say something as well at Matt underscore Tiff on Twitter. And he said the issue rising is for how long and intense the season is. There are fewer and fewer people who want to commit when you have guaranteed time off. You can see your family and have more time at home with equal or better pay working for bigger corporations, dealerships, Amazon, etc. Speaking of like the length of NASCAR, it is the longest professional sport. It, it goes the longest, most amount of days. There's 365 days in a year. NASCAR is a 283-day season. Like, yes, they're racing 38 races. That includes some of the all-star races. But they are working. You, you guys are working nonstop. I mean, in the NFL, MLB, NBA, these guys get to go home. They get to have an offseason. They get to... Um, you know, figure out what the next season looks like. I just said here on December 21st, we are halfway done with the offseason for NASCAR Motorsports. We are getting back into it in just a short amount of time. All that plays a factor. You've lived that world. Any of this, can you relate with any of this at all? Or, or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, again, like I said, the, the great conversations that came about um, this has been has been fantastic. It sheds a lot of light on the crew members, the drivers, regardless of, of what series or, you know, what factor they are in, in, in the series. So, um, it's tough, man. Like I said, uh, you know, the, the intensity, this is a professional sport and the intensity is as high as, as anybody could imagine. You have to perform. There's millions of dollars at stake here. Um, and again, it, it takes a lot of time. It takes, it's, it's, it takes everything from your family, um, you know, to, to you really being in, in a good mental spot, good physical spot to, to perform at a level that's going to win championships. So, yeah, it's 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 just tough, man. It's, it's it's really I'm just really glad, you know, for a long time it was always, well, if they don't like it, they can leave. That is that is true. Um, you know, but 
that's also partially not true. I can speak for, for right. my personal situation, call it a bad choice, call it whatever you want. I didn't, I didn't go to school. I didn't go to college. I moved down here. I got into racing and you know, I, I can say I've over the last six months have spent a lot of time thinking and trying to figure out my next move. Is it, is it racing? Is it not racing? Uh, what yeah. series could it possibly be? And my back's against the wall. I mean, when it comes to the financial side, mm-hmm. the benefit side, what's best for for my wife, for my future family, um, it's mm-hmm. it's staying in motorsports. And and I really don't have any other skills or talents. I have probably have barely enough skills or talents to stay in the motorsports world. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just this is all I got. I, I really, you know, I don't know what else I could really do. I'm, there's stuff out there, right? But um, this just gives me the best opportunity for my family, whether I like it or not. And I am excited. You know, there's things that I will be able to announce here soon. I think a lot of people saw the little pen emoji. Um, you know, I think I've, many people did. I spent, you know, the last six months, like I said, doing exactly what I wanted to do. And that's um, relax, um, recoup, try to figure out what mm-hmm. and why I want to do something. And I've done that. And, you know, I'm really excited about the opportunities I have ahead of, ahead of me. Really excited about, um, you know, the future. Really excited for 2024. So, um, no, so again, great conversations. I'm really glad that this one really seemed to move the needle. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we got any answers. You know, like I said, it's it's not one problem. It's not one thing. And some of it isn't even motorsports-based. Some of it is just the the culture of, um, of you know, the, the population. What, regardless of industry, is is evolving and you know there's a lot of a lot of great things i think are going to come of this but it's not going to happen today it's not going to happen tomorrow it's probably not going to happen next year and it's probably not going to happen the year after so um but just glad everybody's working together supporting each other and and having these conversations yeah no i definitely agree no i think um yeah i i think the opportunity this show really lends an opportunity for me to hear uh, your vantage point we see a lot on twitter we see a lot of people have conversations and then brings my curiosity out as well and i really appreciated that conversation and hearing a little bit more uh, kind of from your side now there's something else let's shift gears into something else uh that was a topic of conversation this week and um paint schemes we saw hendrick motorsports release a number of their paint schemes this week and a lot of people are questioning and, and scratching their head and thinking, you know, aesthetically that looks terrible. Like there's colors out of place or there's col- colors added. And, you know, I would have said two years ago that I would have been one of those people been like, why would something like that look the way that it does? And um, since meeting you and learning a lot more about the sport, I've come to realize, oh, no, you have to do this. If you're going to make it in this sport, in this generation, you have to get creative with different things. Do you mind talking about why maybe some of these paint schemes have looked the way that they are, especially the, uh, you know, the William Byron paint schemes that got a lot of topic of conversation, I feel like, on Twitter this week? Yeah, and I think it's a conversation that's been had hundreds of times, right, is just trying to explain Mm -hmm. the – the optical scanning station and i think we need to do that again just for yeah. either a reminder or for all those that you know don't know is um you know and again it is a machine that is projecting light on a surface and is reading the size and shape of of these um the items that's projecting measuring them mm-hmm. and comparing them to to what it should be to determine how big or small the object is and that is a really really 
quick way to explain it. Um, you know, the, the differences in color can change how much data the optical scanning station picks up. So it's not just saying, you know, a lot for in the beginning, it was like, well, black is small, white is big. No, mm-hmm. white is arguably one of the better colors for the optical scanning station to be able to see, read, and measure. Black, you'll lose a lot of data. So it doesn't make it bigger or smaller. You just lose data. Um, the other thing that people don't really know much about is is NASCAR can change the color in which it projects the light. A lot of people see the green. That's kind of the go-to. Mm-hmm. But if there's a car that may you know, be predominantly red, like we saw with, uh, let's say, you know, Stuart Haas's Mahindra car or their yep. Yep. You know, Haas car, they can change Haas. the light to help see um, certain colors even better. Mm-hmm. Now, what what we're seeing is, you know, obviously since 2015, teams, NASCAR told the teams, You're, you can't just be blamed. We're not going to allow that. It's got to fit the scheme. And, and And I think the creators have done a respectful job on on making the schemes at least appear uh, mm-hmm. to, to 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 fit you know the colors right. the changes right it's not remember the early days when it was just bam black literally a just oh yeah a black square so yep. I think we've yep. came a long way since 2018. The other thing NASCAR has done is said or brought in developer spray, and we I've done oh. tests with this myself where I have taken a gloss black car and you can run it through the Hawkeye. And you may pick up 40,000 points, right? Okay. And if you cover that entire car with this developer spray, you will be upwards of nearly 200,000 points. So you triple, over triple the amount of points that you can see. So the developer spray is very important. A lot of people have seen it. They, they will spray it on wheel openings, things like that. So there is a way NASCAR can just kind of end all this. But, you know, mm-hmm. you'll have to spray the cars. You have to get a little bit more diligent on what, what um, you know they're looking to spray, why they're spraying it. Yep. But at the end of the day, there's certain areas that you know move the needle, and then there's some that really don't. So I think you know a lot of the stuff that we're seeing black on the car, yeah, a lot of it may be not necessarily just trying to to get more than what the window is, but just try to reduce the opportunity on on showing up in not on purposely being outside the window of legality, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So does everybody that. have, does everybody have an OSS Hawkeye system in their building? Uh, the race teams I know before, not every team did. Does every team or at least. I would know, say, maybe... well, first, if, if you don't have it, you can schedule a time for, to go to Nat, the R and D center at any time. And you can go run a car there. Um, but nowadays, I think, especially now where we're, you know, we have a lot of competitive teams mm-hmm. out there more than ever throughout the field. Yeah. And most of them either have their own optical scan station or are part or have an alliance with a team that does have one. And so the yeah. opportunity to tune your car in is, is really, uh, it's the opportunities there. It's easily there. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too is you know, some of the games that you play with the optical scan station, that's kind of like the icing on the cake. So let's say a team doesn't have one. You really can start to, to understand the difference between the shop scan and the track scan. Even if you're just using a Romer arm to scan your car at the shop and you don't even have an optical scan station, if that makes any sense, you can overlay the scans. You can see the differences. You can kind of start to predict, um, 
you know, what, what, what your car does when it gets to the, to the racetrack every week. So, and teams, yeah. teams do that every week. There is a, a Delta that, that teams keep up with. Oh, that, you know, there's a Y shift. The tail goes to the right every week for whatever reason, regardless of temperature, um, color, whatever mm-hmm. it is, or the nose comes up 10 or 20,000. So there, there are some changes that teams just naturally have to keep up with. So, um, yeah, there, there's an opportunity for everybody to get their car dialed in. Now, again, it's just it's a little extra that you may have to have a, an actual um, dedicated staff with a in-house OSS to, to be able to achieve. Okay, that makes sense then, because um, I was curious about that. When I walked through that with you at SHR and was able to see that in person, I see that at the track, but to be able to see it more in in-depth, in-depth manner uh, was really cool. So, um Anything else then you talked about OSS kind of leads to the paint or paint scheme then conversations. I mean, well. do they really even look that bad? No, they no, they bad? don't. But we have, no, they're not that bad. But what you have to understand is there's so many people that are looking at something maybe new coming into the sport um, or, or don't understand the, you know, the technical side of things. So lends them there they might be um there's so many people now but like they might be die cast collectors you know that are trying to find a really cool piece or new fans this is for them it's a big deal i just don't think the schemes look that bad i think you know the hendrix stuff i think most of their stuff looks very tasteful they're obviously utilizing the opportunity um but i i don't think it i wouldn't say their car is ugly because of it because there's a little bit of black um, you know, the other thing I'd say is Hendrick gets a lot of the attention on this, but everybody needs to open their eyes a little bit because every team does it. And yeah. I showed you a couple pictures yesterday where yeah. I personally know that, you know, we've changed stuff because mm-hmm. for this, and again, it's just an opportunity to get a little bit, of, a little bit extra. It's just the frosting on top. And if NASCAR right. sprays the developer spray, you may or may not get it, but every team does it in a, in one way, shape or form um so you, everybody just needs to open their eyes a little bit it's not just hendrick they you know the, everybody in that garage is doing it it's a social media age brian you know people just want to try to get clicks with stuff too so it's uh <laughs> it's a conversation if, if i'm a, a sponsor if i'm a sponsor yeah. i'm getting a whole hell of a lot more views clicks conversations oh, yeah. and yeah. yeah i i couldn't be any happier so uh yeah i, I applaud those hendrick guys are they're, they're getting a lot more eyes on on their cars yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, all right, so then that puts a bow on that. Um, and I got to shout out Brad Perez because he did. He even said tech is ruining the car design. So there's another guy that oh, there was a lot chiming in about that, yeah. huh? There was What'd a lot say? of people that were that were complaining. I don't think yeah. they look that bad, but hey, I guess you know. Well, there's some cars. There's some cars that's like, okay, well that the scheme. Just, I mean, you have a block here because of. We know why. So it's just kind of stuff like that. Um, memorable moments. This was something that was talked about as well at length. And Fox Sports did a memorable moments countdown, Bob Pockeris. And uh, the number one thing this year is probably not what you thought, not what some of us thought. And it was uh, Ryan Priest's accident at Daytona. Now, I know that in 2023, especially the playoffs, right? The playoffs, there wasn't it wasn't like some years where there's constantly things drama all this stuff happening so it kind of felt like people were trying to grasp for straws when it comes to memorable moments this year but i for me i know exactly what my most memorable moment of the season was 
But I'm curious what was one or a few of yours because this was a topic of conversation again uh, on the social media platforms this week. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess first and foremost, maybe I need to apologize to um, Bob Pachris because I technically don't even know if it was his list. He was just maybe the messenger. So um, he's the messenger. Maybe- he's going to get, he, he's, yeah, we're, everybody's throwing the stones there. But it's <laughs> yeah. Bob can't really, can't really do that. Yeah. No, but what was, what was some of yours? Yeah. I, I mean, my number one, I think, memorable moment uh, has to be uh, SVG in Chicago. I That's mean, it. That's uh, it. I, I agree. A, a, a supercar champion came over to compete in the first ever street race at Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And came out with with the win. The first the first cup driver to ever win their or to win their first race in 60 some years. I mean, yep. it, it he put on a show, he raced clean. Not a fluke. Yep. I I mean, he he did a fantastic phenomenal job. It was it was one of the best races of the year and and for me that was the most memorable moment of the year and and to to that's it's tough conversation because then you have for me bringing back wilkesboro i don't even care how the race was i don't even i don't even care we're on the same page if you don't like the the race that's fine but 10 years ago there were arguments how how north wilkesboro would never come back the place is junk tear down it's over just just think about take a moment and think about the last yeah. decade with north wilkesboro and yep. how it how, the, the story the the process of bringing this this track back and not only did we bring it back they rebuilt it it's absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous with with all the the old flair i mean to see to be in the grandstands and see a cup car take a green flag at north wilkesboro regardless yep. of how the race played out is I, I get goosebumps. My head hurts. I, I I just can't even fathom the fact that this fucking happened. To be honest, I remember racing uh, Wilkesboro back when I was just a just a kid on the computer. So like going back to those years where it was like we haven't had it since '96, and Jeff Gordon won the race and all the hype. I mean, keeping the track the way that it was on the surface, which was very worn out, uh, abrasive. Um, obviously, in 24, that's going to be much different since they just finished the complete repave um, of the track. But just bringing back that historic venue that was left to rot because of tracks like Las Vegas and Texas Motor Speedway and, and some of those newer markets that NASCAR was trying to chase. So uh, you hit my top two right there. SVG, Chicago. And again, SVG was a that was a, um, a like he solidified his greatness on the racetrack which now got him an opportunity to race in so many things in nascar this coming year cup series xfinity trucks um what was the other one we were talking about uh motor gp was that one maybe dirt something like that or uh, he might run cars the... tour uh cars tour, about possibly running yeah the uh yeah. dirt race so Everything. yeah that's op- opened up a, a ton of opportunities for him it, it's connected which which yeah. was two series which was yep. two series that already had similar roots, similar mindsets, similar styles between supercars and the cup series or NASCAR. And it has mm-hmm. really connected these two fan bases, yep. um, the drivers, the mentalities. I mean, the, the, you saw NASCAR at the wind tunnel with supercars helping them at their parody test a couple weeks ago. This, this I'm going to say unofficial partnership 
is mm-hmm. going to be just massive for both series, for both fan bases, for fan base, for motorsports fans uh, around the globe. So, um, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's been an incredible moment for NASCAR, for uh, worldwide motorsports. And for me, that is the most memorable. And, you know, we talk about the list. The list was called, um, I think, uh, most memorable moments for NASCAR in 2023. It didn't say yeah. the series. Um, it right. didn't say it had to be what race. It was just memorable NASCAR moments in 2023, if, if I remember correctly. And the it, other one right. I got I to gotta talk about is we had a cup car run Lamar. I mean, mm, I know yes. some of these. I know some of these NASCAR fans don't appreciate that, but the how big of a moment that was for our series for mm-hmm. motorsports across the globe for for everything and and to see that Cup car, which had so many questions the year before on on safety, reliability, all the things, yep. go out and run shit eighteen hours before the transaxle broke. I think it was mm-hmm. was. Yeah phenomenal to see and and cool for all the fans to just hear that car see that car um see the pit stop showcase our athletes and um you know for them to go out fix that car and finish the race as well uh blowing by lmp2s blowing by all the gt cars i i just i <laughs> that is incredible to me that that and and i could go on we, have, we haven't even talked about the truck series xfinity series but it is mind-blowing to me that of all the great things that nascar and this series has provided in 2023 that's that someone is i don't even know the word it's it's <laughs> it's have you have you seen that car on track at all like have you seen it in person it run in person no garage 56 okay. yeah no i <laughs> saw it at the rover they ran a couple hot laps right before yeah. the cup series race my god it was everything and then some i mean it was the loudest most badass car i've ever seen and it's a replica of a cup series car yeah but with all the bells and whistles the the just the oh man the the muscle of the car you can just tell like it's a badass thing so definitely was a highlight i I like that you brought that up because i was kind of grasping for straws to wonder okay for xfinity trucks or even back in cup but that that's a great one because that was a historic moment and it was talked about for so long uh about that so interesting was there anything else i mean i know we didn't touch on anything from xfinity or trucks but did you have anything else on a list or um no and let's also let's also not discredit uh that moment either i'm not gonna say it was <laughs> it wasn't memorable it, it was memorable it was Priest. a massive crash yes priest is yeah. uh you know i said it on here when it happened that it was more of a spectacle than it was a hard crash priest has openly said that it wasn't that hard of a crash it was just visually spectacular yeah. um you know because of the flips and things like that he had some bloodshot eyes he raced the next week but when it comes to the hardest hits that we've seen in the geez in the last 10 years but say let's just say the next gen era it it really wasn't that big um but again testament to the safety of the car the evolution of the car um it was it was visually spectacular and it was memorable and i think it's gonna be one of those wrecks that we do remember forever but you know to finish off to say that it is the most memorable moment of the 2023 nascar cup series season is 
audacious to even yeah. even consider <laughs> to even i mean I, what a slap in the face to everything nascar has done and yeah. you know everything that that this series and in this this world has accomplished over the last year what was the best race this year any series what was the best race that comes to mind for you um, i'll give you a second i'll give you a second if you need no it. i mean for me honestly um the one that stands out the most that was yeah that was one of the biggest um was Lama because not only did we have the oh. next gen car but to even take that car out we saw a level of parody a level of competition in that race that that we haven't seen in the sports car world in decades and to see mm-hmm. a ferrari come out and beat the toyota uh, a, a group of individuals mm-hmm. that have dominated that space for a number of years since maybe porsche left uh, for for this platform new platform to come out the hypercars the lmdhs um, worldwide uh, regulations all this come together and put on a just incredible show where numerous manufacturers, numerous platforms were were fighting for the win was was incredible, it was spectacular, and you know I think I think it's only gonna get better with more cars, more manufacturers, better parity. Um, you know, there's gonna be some BOP adjustments that may cause some controversy coming up, but it'll be interesting to see them play out in the 2024 season. Uh, if we're talking NASCAR Cup Series only, we kind of talked or about NAS- this or for NASCAR me, Trucks Xfinity Cup, whatever. I, I still. The ones that come to mind are Chicago and Kansas one. So I, Oh yeah. 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 Kansas one had everything. It did. Kansas one had great finish, great racing, passing side side punches thrown at the end of the race had everything. Yes. It was from top to top to bottom. It was anything, anything you could imagine or want that, you know, in, in a stock car race. And, um, you know, I guess you know if we're gonna say another race that stands out, you know, it comes to mind. We've Hope got, enough. you know, I gave you a sports car one, I gave you a Cup Series one. I'm telling you, that late mile stock Thanksgiving Classic oh. race at Kenley was unbelievable. That is to this day the best 25 laps I've ever seen, ever raced in any mm-hmm. series. You know where I thought you were gonna go? Thought you were gonna say the uh, snowmobile race up in uh, <laughs> oh, is it Michigan? God, I forgot Denver, about that. Colorado, where was that? No, that's in uh, the UP, Upper Michigan. Yeah, I forgot okay. how yeah, amazing yeah. that finish was. One God, tenth or one one thousandth of a second or something yeah, like they that. Were, they were they were like um, uh, Kurt Busch and, and Ricky Craven at Darlington. Yeah, I'm beating fenders coming to the the finish of a 500 mile snowmobile race. When, Man, good good call there. I'm proud. When of you. is that? What, thank it's coming you. up. When it's, is about, that? it's in about a month. All right, we gotta have we gotta have him back on to talk about the uh, yeah. the race again. So, all right, well, so we'll do that. That'll be fine. But yeah, that was that was a good race. Pocono was a was a good race. There was a lot of drama with that. Um, you know what I think? All right, let me ask you this. And this is kind of just throwing something at you. What was the worst race this year? Hmm. Man, I don't off the top of my head. I've never. I didn't really. I know I didn't I didn't prep you for that. I didn't prep no. you for that. Do you have one? I don't think I no, I don't necessarily have one off the top of my head. Um I actually really enjoyed and I think probably some people were like, Well, I can think of something quick, but I actually really enjoyed the road courses with no cautions. And I know that they were boring to some because 
some races some I, was it um uh indy i think had no caution or one caution in first yeah. couple laps and then they went green and watkins Glen was was similar watkins Glen was a very similar one but i i felt like those races yeah watkins Glen i think was the fastest race in cup series history um if i recall um but i i enjoyed those like there was you're watching storylines play out and not by luck where this caution came out this stage break happened. Now we really go for stage three and people wad it up and just creates chaos. So I, I like that there wasn't those factors. So um, I think in 2024, we are going to see a lot of different winners this year. I really do. I think, I think everything's closer. I think teams. So like guys that didn't win this year that I think win in 24, just off the top of my head, Brad, I think he wins this year. I think he gets it done, goes back to victory lane. Um, another guy that I think gets to victory lane that didn't um, this past year. I think Bowman does. Bowman was so strong at the beginning of the season last year and then, uh, you know, had unfortunately had his accident and just was kind of coming back from that. Chase is a pretty easy answer, but Chase Elliott's like last, I think he won in um, uh, 22. And he had five wins, but like they were all at super speedways or road course or finished third at Pocono and got everybody DQ'd in front of him and obviously won. So there's a couple names that I think find their way to victory lane this year uh, coming up. And I think we're going to see a lot of different winners. I think it's going to be kind of a replica of what 2022 was in the first year of the Gen 7 era. Yeah. And I, 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 guess i'm gonna maybe agree with you i don't know uh i think we saw a lot of parody in the first year because of the new platform so everybody yeah. kind of started off on a similar foot um obviously resources and that are always going to outweigh um underfunded underfunded teams mm -hmm. i think this year we definitely saw some of that parody go away as the bigger teams figured the platform out to yep. your point though i was thinking about this the other day and and when this happens is hard to say, but you're you're on a similar, you know, a similar mindset where I was in the car driving and I was thinking, you know, I bet within the next five or six years, so let's say by for sure 2030, I'm gonna say, and okay. I and this isn't that bold of a statement, but I'm I'm gonna be willing to say that every car number in the cup series, every charter will have a will will have an opportunity to legitimately win cup races and that the era of the era of you know the the teams just hanging out trying to make money off these charters or yeah. you know the era of a car not having all the resources it needs to compete at the highest level that that era is on its way out and we are going mm -hmm. to be having a full field of legit contenders sooner than than later so when does that happen because then yes we will see the number of of possible winners i think mm -hmm. um increase especially with the lack of uh manufacturer diversity i'm you know if you only have three manufacturers the power of a manufacturer is spread out much more than if say we had five or six where a single manufacturer could go out and dominate and maybe another one have some issues so um you know hopefully we see more manufacturers that kind of came up this week when i was talking about honda too um mm -hmm. i i don't understand how there's not another manufacturer in here right now it's it's the perfect time you know with with the the platform um teams dying for their own um you know their 
their own resources, their own, you know, if you bring in a manufacturer and you are the only team with that manufacturer, you are the only team that is going to get all the wind tunnel time. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to get all the resources. You're going to be the golden child. So I think it's a perfect time for a manufacturer to come in and, um, you know, really showcase mm-hmm. what they have if they have the resources uh, required to run the cup series. When can another manufacturer come in? Is that at any point? Obviously, you have to get approved and all that. Let's just bypass that. But when can, is there certain contracts for the manufacturers that, you know, have has to take place first? Are they, you know, how does that, do so you know I believe it, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure certain um, that a manufacturer has to has to commit by I think it's like the end of August okay. for the year after next. So okay. let's say yep. a manufacturer wanted to start in 2025, by they would have had to commit by um, August of August year. of 2023. So yeah. you you will know plenty early before it happens um you know again i obviously for whatever reason it's just i just i can't believe it's not there especially as much effort as as nascar has said they put into it and as Mm -hmm. much as they've told us that you know we're not getting more horsepower because of um the push for another manufacturer but again that's another argument but i I just think it's a fantastic time okay i think that's a good segue into something as well because we've heard a lot of conversation about horsepower and nascar says you know we don't want to change anything with our billing process and and team spending and then you have you know people coming out from the engine side especially the rcr side saying no we 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 can do that we can make that happen it won't hurt our budget won't actually increase much at all if any um we're, we're happy to do that you hear the drivers over here then saying what this car needs it's got a lot of it's got a lot of great things we've been able to work on it for two years but where it really needs to go is additional horsepower to give the drivers more control make that product great we don't need a game seven brian we don't need a game seven every single race there's 38 weeks of the year we don't nascar doesn't have to bring this last second there's questions at the very end so what are your thoughts on some of the horsepower conversation because that's been a it's been a topic as well um, over the last seven days. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't think, and I've said it multiple times, I don't think horsepower is going to be the ultimate fix. Um, even it's if you add, fix. huh? It's a fix. It's it a is help. a fix, and it is a very important fix. Um, not only, let's say, it doesn't even fix the the actual product that fans see. If it puts a right. smile on the driver's face, I think that is going to go a very long way into huge changing the mentality of the fans as they watch. Um, yep. Agreed. So, you know, I, I think to make the drivers happier, to make the, the teams happier. Yeah. I think I, I just, I think you need to add more horsepower. Now, how much I don't care if it's 20 horsepower, give it to me. I will take 20 horsepower. I don't care mm-hmm. if it is visually different or not. Just give me as much as you can possibly give me. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen 750. I think that's what, you know, we've seen everybody talk about. Is that enough? I don't think that's enough. We're at 670. That's another 80 horsepower. But hey, I'll take 80 all day long. I'll take 180. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's going to happen sooner than later. I think NASCAR has exhausted a lot of the, I'm going to say simple fixes as they should. They've done their best to try to keep the platform the same, keep, um, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of the, 
uh, the cost down as much as possible, whether it adds cost or doesn't add cost. They've, they've exhausted a lot of great options, but they're running out of time. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited for the road courses in the, street, in the short tracks this year. I think we saw a great race at Martinsville. I think we saw a better than typical race at Martinsville. One that was yeah. equally as good, if not better, than the last 10 years. Uh, yeah. I thought Phoenix was the best Phoenix championship race that we've seen yet. I thought it was equally as good of a race as that we've seen in Maybe Phoenix in the past 10 years. Maybe um, on TV. I fell asleep. But, well, <laughs> I felt like I fell asleep. I didn't fall asleep. I was in the media center, but I was like, this. Okay. It had to look different on TV. Yeah. I thought it was the best championship race that we've had since we've gone to Phoenix. And I, I hands down. Okay. Um, you know, I'm excited for the road courses. Um, yeah, I think you know there's going to be a bunch of great talent that's going to spice things up at the road courses this year, which is going to be interesting. So you know, for me, yeah. uh, I don't think NASCAR is as far off as people think, but you know, I think they can definitely uh, do some things to to help achieve maybe a little bit closer than what people are expecting. But I think the expectations are also a little little ridiculous as well. But hey, we'll see how it goes. Okay, I'm glad that I asked that because I was I was very curious. Um, I'm just trying to think with the driver changes. We saw Grant. He's uh, standing in the truck series. Uh, I was kind of hoping you never know, right? You never know what resources are being poured into any team that the truck series is wide open. And I'm going to be doing uh, three episodes on my NASCAR betting preview show podcast, which launches January one, where we dive into the truck series. So I'm excited about seeing what that series uh, looks like, because a lot of these guys, Hosevar, Smith, they all, you know, moved up into a higher series so there's a lot of opportunity in the truck series side no gragson was another name that came up he's going to be taking over the tents the wor- was the worst kept secret anyways in the sport and then some people i think forgot so they were freaking out like it was the first time they heard it um, but that team over there at shr you know with no harvick and eric almarola now goes over to uh, race at jgr uh what do you think about that young nucleus 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 over there um with the SHRs, they have Barry Priest. Uh, Briscoe said he's the uh, the veteran of the group, and he would be uh, a young pup anywhere else, really. So, uh, and and then you have Gregson. So, what are your thoughts there with those guys? Um, you know, it kind of reminds me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It kind of reminds me of kind of Hendrick Motorsports in 2016-17 when. Okay. They struggled. When Jeff was going, Junior was going. Yep. Like they, that. Uh, there was yep. a struggle. There was a couple years of, of good struggle there where, yeah. Um, yep. you know, I think they only had one veteran and, and the young gun struggled. It's, you don't just come in the cup series and, and run the table. It, it takes a couple years. You know, we've, t- this has been a discussion on, on many yeah. different podcasts. How long do you give a, a cup series driver to showcase what they're capable of? You look at, mm-hmm. Um, Chase Elliott, you look at Ryan Blaney, you look at Kyle Larson, um, you know, the list goes on. It, it takes three, four years before they really start to, to bloom into something special. Uh, I, I'm worried about SHR for two reasons. One, obviously the performance hasn't been there um, for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I was there. I right. don't even know where I wouldn't even know where to begin. All you can do is just try your best to do your job, plug away, and mm-hmm. and something can just flip. The switch can flip at any moment. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. That's motorsports. Um, my other worry is they do have a young roster, a absolute young roster that is going to go through a lot of growing pains. 
with that said, if you had to, if you had to take a roster right now heading into 2024 that you wanted, that you had to just instantly uh, jump ahead 10 years, what roster looks the best? Oh, what current roster? Um, current makeshift roster right now, scanning, thinking of all the teams. Probably that one because it's you got four guys that are young and their skill sets are they, they have varying skill sets where some of these other teams uh, probably HMS is the close second because their drivers are younger. Um, but where everybody's positioned right now, and maybe 10 years to is too it. far. Let's say five years, right? Okay. Maybe 10 was a little, okay. a little aggressive. Oh, well, that um, was, yeah, maybe. Yeah, sorry. Maybe a little. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would but say. Still, but okay. same, yeah. same point, right? I mean, I think they have yeah. a, a lineup of proven drivers that have gone yeah. out and won races um, that have showcased that they are able to take care of their equipment, um, do whatever it takes to, to finish first. You know, have proven to races. They have a complete lineup of all of that. And, uh, you know, I think they have the best opportunity. I think they have, and how about this one? I think SHR has the most potential with their lineup out of any other team by far in the Cup Series. Most potential. Hmm. That's an interesting one. That doesn't mean they're going to be the best. That just means the the amount of room they have to grow and the opportunity that ahead of them is better than any other in the Cup Hmm. Series. Yeah, I mean, you think about Barry and you think about Priest and you think how good those guys are at short tracks. I mean, you know, when we were talking with Priest and having him on, it's like just just his uh, legendary status up in the Northeast. And Barry damn near won the Cup Series race at Richmond when he was filling in for the nine car. And then even with Priest going to Daytona and Talladega, that's two of his best tracks statistically. Um, I know he had an unfortunate deal at Daytona and uh, at Talladega where he got right into the five car. What happened at Daytona? Um, I don't the, remember. Uh, there was a flip. Um, it was spectacular. <laughs> uh, it was, it's a memorable moment, Brian. Uh, and then you have Gregson that Gregson almost won Talladega when uh, in the spring uh, Bush obviously won, but Gregson got turned late from Chastain, I believe it was. And, um, and then Briscoe, you know, Winner at Phoenix, we know how good he is at places like that. Really taking this next mantle, good high tire wear track guy, good road course guy. Um, if they can just figure out where that speed's going to come from, you know that'll be something to see. Really keep an eye. We'll know. We'll know at Las Vegas. We really will know at that second, third race in. Where's this team stack up? Because two super speedway races out of the gate, you know, kind of throw them out the window. We'll know what this team really is made of when it gets to Las Vegas. So. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting conversation there for, for sure. But again, leads back to my my conversation of why I think we're going to see so many different winners in 2024 is because of things like that, where you know a team like uh, like SHR Briscoe and 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 the whole talent there um, really could you could see two guys from that organization win. So, all right, Brian, uh, anything else uh, that we should talk about here this evening before you know we head to uh christmas break for us no that was a a, a jam-packed episode actually i didn't even realize we had been talking for an hour so uh you know a couple great conversations um you know hopefully everybody enjoyed this one hopefully everybody has a fantastic christmas um for everybody that hates me everybody that loves me you know i I hope you all have (laughs) a 
have a happy new year as well. And when we come back, I will have uh, some fun stuff to to share with all of you. So, um, you know, really excited to uh, sip some eggnog and do some yep. grilling next week. Um, me and my me and my neighbor have a bunch of stuff planned, and uh, you know, really excited to to uh, you know get that kicked off and, and do some relaxing before the next year. Um, so, yeah, what about you? What you got planned? Uh, not much. Just um, you know, got a couple. Uh, family get-togethers here over the next few days and try to squeeze in some football think about racing take a little break here from uh front stretch from work just get my mind clear for a, a day or two and then hit the ground running next week and then get ready for new year so uh it'll be nice but yeah like you said i mean we had a lot to talk about a lot of good conversation and so can't say thanks enough for um all the conversations here this evening and i'm excited about what we have in store for 2024 and, and the final couple weeks of the off season. So uh, always appreciate it, Brian. Yeah. You as well. Again, thank you for everybody listening. It was a fantastic year. Appreciate love the support. And uh, I think next year is going to be even better for this podcast. So uh, tune in and uh, cheers, everybody.